0: Welcome to the Red Carpet Cafe, with your hosts, Eric Root and Brie Prout. Brie, what's your concession? What food or snacks are you eating?
1: Popcorn with movie theater butter. Really? Yeah,
0: I love okay. some <laughs> You didn't add any, like, uh, dots or junior mints to that? Nope. That's the shame. Not at all. You know what my concession snack is? What's that? It's Oreo's NBA Dynasty. Limited edition. So if I eat one, does that mean they lose value? I don't know. That's weird.
1: What's different about them besides being an Oreo?
0: They're like an Oreo, but different. Because it actually has NBA teams on it. Oh. Um. Yeah. So far, I've only seen like the Miami Heat, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Bulls. So basically, teams that win. So if you have a team that doesn't win, it's probably not in this package. Sorry. I'm
1: sure you'll get a Pistons one soon.
0: Yeah, but I don't pay attention. I just you know eat it with glass of milk. It's pretty epic. I paint such a beautiful picture, it's like you're there.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> you ready you uh ready to take a trip into uh Italy? Yes. Do a little discussion hey. of some Luca. Mm-hmm. You know. Luca is an interesting drop for Disney Plus. It almost feels similar to how they went about dropping it um, the movie Onward. But Onward, Onward got screwed over by the pandemic. I know we've talked about that before, without actually talking about Onward. Uh, which I liked. But um Luca. This one was a straight to disney plus release Mm -hmm. the description on it is set in a beautiful seaside town on the italian riviera the original animated feature is a coming-of-age story about one young boy merman Hmm. sea monster uh experiencing Merman. <laughs> Merman. <laughs> nice under reference. <laughs> it's Merman. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato pasta and endless scooter rides. Vespa, not scooter, Vespa.
1: Vespa. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Lucas shares these adventures with his newfound friend, best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. He is a sea monster from another world just below the water's surface. Dun, dun, dun. The movie is interesting from the aspect that it reminded me somewhat of uh, Good Dinosaur. Good Dinosaur, when it came out, if you watch it again, and it's on Disney+, Plus, Good Dinosaur has amazing scenery when it comes to CG. The backgrounds are phenomenal. But then all of a sudden, you've got this cartoony dinosaur creature, almost feels like claymation. And Luca kind of gave me that first impression as well. The textures and stuff are impeccable i mean pixar has evolved just look at over the years from their first release of the original toy story till now mm-hmm. and finding dory and finding nemo and all of these other films that they've done subsequently up till now and the textures of characters and quality of human traits are second to none in most cases but then we get to these characters and the first thing I'm thinking is man did they just pull claymation on me is this uh what that show uh, Wilson and Gromit or whatever whatever the whatever I, I maybe I'm not even saying it right uh, I know exactly
1: what but you're the, talking the, about
0: the clay the claymation characters yes. I, it almost feels like that um at first
1: it's gonna drive me nuts now that you said that
0: how many times have you seen this film since it dropped
1: Twice.
0: Okay. I finished with number eleven today. My son loves this film. It's his new Raya. Okay. And (laughs) this 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 film is his new Raya and The Last Dragon. Like he sees the picture and he wants to he'll watch the whole thing. Yesterday he did double duty. We had it on the large TV. (laughs) And that was 30 minutes ahead. So he then he wanted it started on his iPad. And the next thing you know, we've got luca playing on two different devices 30 minutes apart <laughs> and he's watching both of them so i feel like that counts as two viewings in one shot
1: <laughs> that's amazing i wonder if this kind of technology would have been available when i was younger how many times i would have watched the wizard of oz and the and the little mermaid <laughs> i was going to say
0: little mermaid beauty and the beast aladdin yeah all of those that were really big um but Even though they decided to drop this film directly on Disney Plus, I'm not sure that it would have had the theatrical dollars behind it to sustain it in the theater itself. Now, we've seen that Ray and the Last Dragon has made more than enough money between Disney Plus and a theater. It's made its budget and then some. Mm Mm-hmm. This does feel kind of like a good move, but it's still surprising when you look at some of the people involved. Mm -hmm. Now, the kids that are playing, doing the voices of Luca, Alberto, and Julia, um, they're fairly new to the the acting scene. John Ratzenberger, he has his moment in the sun like he does in every Pixar film. Um, But you're looking at Maya Rudolph, Maya Rudolph, she was in, um, uh, what was it, Bridesmaids? Mm Mm-hmm. Plays Luca's mom. Jim Gaffigan did the voice of Luca's father. I kept thinking, why does this voice sound familiar? I didn't even look it up. But I kept thinking, man, this sounds like the guy who plays Phil Dunphy on the ABC show. Um, God, why am I drawing a blank on it? um god it's gonna bug me anyways um gaffigan comedian big name sasha baron Cohn was in this
1: Mm -hmm. he played
0: uncle ugo the see-through uncle from the deep didn't even recognize the voice that was pretty awesome but these are people who usually can command some butts in the seats when it comes to the theater. Absolutely. What did you think when you first watched this film?
1: Um, when I first started it, I could not help but think for probably the first 10 minutes This is an Italian male version of The Little Mermaid, is how it felt. And I felt that way for a while, up until the real action began. Um, Upon watching it the second time, I still was like, yeah, I totally understand how I would have felt that way. But having seen it all once and going back and seeing it again, um, I enjoyed it a lot more in the beginning than I did the first time. Okay. And I mean, just everything about the way that it started, you know there's the boat in the water, and human items are sorry, land monster items are dropping <laughs> out um and you know sinking to the sea floor like it's just very reminiscent of the little mermaid. What I did enjoy a lot within the very beginning of the movie was all of the the humor in it mm-hmm. um. Luca is, I guess, a a sheep herder, if you will. Only he's herding the fish.
0: A <laughs> fish herder, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he's got um a, a, a few that he calls by name. He's got um he's got Giuseppe, who is kind of like hey hey, <laughs> and then
0: nice mulatto reference, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you've got uh, Mona Lisa, and he asks her why she's smiling. And she <laughs> spits out a little tiny fish and he asks her, you know, are there any more in there? And she kind of looks around and is like pow, 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 and spits out like six more. So that's funny. Um, I got a lot of humor out of the fact that they call humans land monsters because as humans, we would call them sea monsters, and that's right. how we refer to them. Mm-hmm. So they're both afraid of each other, they both consider each other to be some form of monsters. Um, some other humor, um, and that's pretty much, like, when I was taking notes while I was watching this the second time, I was just, like, noting all of the humor because it was really good. Um, Bianca Branzino is who they want to go up against in the the parents, uh, Luca's parents, Daniela mm-hmm. and Lorenzo. They want to um, beat the Branzinos in the crab show like they hit they do show crabs like how we would do show dogs um which i thought is kind of funny because uh branzino is a european bass so there's <laughs> humor in that um uh what else oh i got so many things that i wrote down i guess the other ones make more sense once the story moves along so you got luca who is this young um fish herder uh lives with his parents and his grandmother and one day while he's out letting the fish graze um he sees all these human trinkets and um gets really curious about them his parents forbid him from ever going to the surface Mm -hmm. ariel um, and then he can't stop thinking about all the stuff he found. So the next time he goes out and he's herding his fish, he goes to, um, collect more items that he saw that he didn't get a chance to grab. And he meets, um, he meets Alberto who, um, says that he's, he's not a human cause he's dressed in a, um, like an undersea water suit, right. like a deep sea diving suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, And he just goes right up to the surface and starts walking around, collecting all of his stuff. He essentially turns right into a human as he dries. And Luca is quite literally gasping for air. Um, He's flopping around on the land like a fish would when it gets out of water. And he starts freaking out because he says he's a good kid and he shouldn't be up here. (laughs) Um, which I also found really humorous. So eventually he, you know, he goes back, but um his mom wants to know like where he was all day why he you know why he left the fish which he creates this like rock version of himself and he calls it what does he call it
0: puka oh, or something like that. he like he yeah. it. so it's
1: like it's like luca but not
0: they're like he's um, in charge
1: yeah <laughs> and giuseppe is <laughs> floating by um Yeah, so him and Alberto, um, you know, Alberto tries to teach him, like, that it's okay to be on land, this is how you walk, this is where I live, this is what I do, Um, and they become best friends. So, like, over the course of a few days, Luca keeps coming up to see him, and his parents kind of catch on.
0: And also, Uh, Alberto... Uh, tells him after he sees where alberto's living and that his father lets him quote do whatever he wants yes he sees the picture of the vespa and he's like wow that's amazing they're like yeah that's like the greatest human and you know invention Mm -hmm. ever and uh that's how we're gonna we need to get one of these so we can go see the world so that's basically what their underlying early outset goal is Mm -hmm. is they want to go see the world Because Luca doesn't want, Luca, Luca doesn't want to be um, inevitably held captive or, or set, set away.
1: Right. Well, yeah, because that's what happens as his parents start to catch on to the fact that he's going up to the surface. So that's where um, uncle, what is it again? Uncle
0: Ugo, I think it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uncle Ugo comes into play because they're going to send him to the deep for the season.
0: Um, I love when the uncle is trying to tell him what's going on and basically stops breathing. And his dad's like, I need you to punch him in the heart. And he's like slapping him in the chest because he's see-through from the deep. And he's like, no, you need (laughs) to punch him harder. Punches him, he's like, oh, there's just too much oxygen up here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That part is funny. Um, So yeah, so he's kind of escaping because he doesn't want to do that. And then from there, it's just this, huge adventure um, with Alberto and Luca. They go from the island where Alberto lives, where he is supposedly living with his dad, to the mainland the the where the humans are the human land.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and one thing that I found kind of humorous, this isn't necessarily like in the movie, but obviously it takes place in Italy. Um, but when you IMDB, they have Filming locations, <laughs> and the filming <laughs> locations are the Italian Riviera, which is so funny to me that they would even.
0: But you know why they list that? that? They actually send the the artist, the digital artist, there to take photos and sketch it.
1: That's for, amazing. To
0: get their ideas on what they you know want to do. Yeah. Um, for the overall scene that's awesome it's pretty impressive
1: yeah i did not realize that um
0: (laughs) so this film progresses once they decide that they're going to make a run over to the human land because you know luca wants to avoid getting sent to the deep they sneak over there barely without being caught and alberto just has this knack of being able to teach him all the wrong things over here's what's wrong over, with you stupido <laughs> you know, over here's fisherman saying, What's wrong with you stupido, and he's thinking, Oh, that's a traditional human greeting. I'm gonna go ahead and dry that and see yep. how that plays out.
1: He decides that the stars are anchovies,
0: yeah, they the, just need a place to sleep,
1: yeah, and the the moon is a giant fish because he touched it once, maybe not, but he thinks he did
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> which so, is like. Luca's then coming into the situation with an already semi-warped idea of what reality is like in the human land. Um, but it's still interesting because, you know, you, you see them go into the town and then we get our introduction uh, to Ercole and, on his Vespa. And of <laughs> course, Alberto is like, oh, it's Senor Vespa. <laughs> because, of <laughs> course, Senor Vespa would live in Vespa land. and uh you know he ends up being the the teen kid who's kind of the bully slash arrogant one who's won the great race of the town uh what six years running now yeah yeah and even when you get to the point where he's registering they're like (laughs) yeah Aren't you How older, yeah, you're a little too old, I'm sixteen, you said that last year, but this year it's true <laughs> right <laughs> um but yes uh once uh once they get introduced to A and um almost accidentally hurt his beautiful red Vespa, they begin to have an altercation um with him <laughs> and his uh two friends uh. Mm-hmm. And then Julia shows up on her little delivery uh, bike and cart and cuts in front of him before Ercole can accidentally dip him into the fountain and expose the fact that he's Mm -hmm. a sea monster because if water touches, even though you converted to human, if water touches you again, it reveals your true nature. And their interactions were quite interesting. Oh, yeah. He calls her Spulia based on her racing results from the year prior she didn't finish because she couldn't uh
1: keep her pasta keep, down
0: she couldn't keep that food down as part of the it's basically a triathlon it starts off with swimming out to a certain distance swimming back to shore racing to um eat a bowl of pasta and the pasta type changes every year And then finally, once you're done with that bowl, you have to jump on the bike, go up the very tall hill in town and all the way down to the bottom to the finish line near the docks by the water. Mm -hmm. But she couldn't finish because after her pasta and going up the hill, she couldn't hold down her food, so to speak.
1: I thought there's some there are a few things, too, that I think there there's a lot. Wow. Words today. This movie is very clever and that makes even more sense now in you saying that they actually go to the locations to kind of mm-hmm. get this idea and this vision like when ercole um kind of starts fighting with them right from the get-go he tells them and i'm gonna say this wrong he says that they smell like um pisteria okay. right. which is a fish market Right, funny because they're a sea monster. Yeah, where did you get uh, those
0: clothes from? A dead body? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's there's so many pieces of this that are just so clever. And almost always, anytime they say something in Italian, you can either sort of figure out what it is or they follow it up with an, an extra explanation. So she talks about like, they're like, well, what do you win? Because we want to get a Vespa. He said he got a Vespa because he's won the all of these years, like, what do you get? And she says you get, um, uh, soldi, uh, prize money. So that mm-hmm. like, you know, that means money, different things like that, which I thought was kind of cool. And knowing that kids are going to watch this all of the time, um, it kind of teaches them a little bit of something too, which is, which is neat.
0: What would you call that? Their hybrid is like Inglalian or something like that, where it's like English with some Italian splashed in there. <laughs> I don't know italish i don't know (laughs) anyways it yeah it is interesting i I have to say though before we continue on with the actual film itself there's some moments where (sighs) now as a dad to a toddler i'm going should my son be watching this like the scene where urcole is maybe punching alberto a couple of times being kind of violent um just you know they call call out idiots to people like it's no big deal idiote so many times and i'm like ugh, okay I think that's
1: probably part of the reason why this gets a pg rating
0: i think that's fairly safe yeah definitely not a g film by any means so we go from the establishment that Ercole is back in to the race, Julia had to seek out from her father prior to that in order to see if they could get enough money for the entry fee. And her That's father, her father being a uh, basically a purveyor of fish selling fish, you know, if money's tight she delivers the fish for father, collects the money. The guys are like, hey, you know, we'll help. And he's the father's like, I don't know about that if you're gonna be able to help. to get to the boat, even after the cat just about mauls them because the cat knows there's something funny going on and they smell like fish. <laughs> yeah, the, cat's the, cat's the, the cat's in the boat with dad and the cat Luca and the Alberto, and he's making his cat growling noises. And uh, they go out there and trying to find fish. And they realize that, you know, oh, what happened to Julia's dad? And he's like, I was born without an arm. I didn't lose it to a sea monster, even though he alluded to seconds prior to that. And he goes, there's just not much fish out there today. The net's pretty empty. And Luca goes, well, that's because this area is um, a fish. What did he say? A fish graveyard or yes. it's haunted
1: yeah it's a fish graveyard not that it not that it really is haunted but the fish think it is so they don't go there this time of day
0: right and so instead um we've got alberto who goes actually where you'd find fish this time of day and he kind of points over to there and the father looks at him skeptically but they go over and next thing you know Julia's heading back to the dock and the boat is literally filled with fish. And so Which is weird varieties.
1: isn't it weird that they're, you know, like hunting fish?
0: <laughs> you would think that the father's been doing this so long he would know where to find the schools of fish, especially at certain times of day because they're not going to sit in one spot.
1: Right. But isn't it weird that alberto and luca are helping him kill these fish
0: well i thought about that it's not that alberto got tense during that one scene when he thought that the father was about to spear a sea monster and it turns out it was just seaweed that was in the water mm-hmm. but the fish the way I, I equate it was that if luca is a fish herder at some point, those fish are a commodity, like cattle, and they probably eat it too That's, That's the only thing I can think of, but then we've got them going back, and uh they get the money they go, and they they do their uh entry, even though they of course they have another run in with Ercole and his ar- <laughs>
1: that's my favorite part of the whole movie his
0: arrogance and nobody likes you and he's like what well, everybody likes me show of hands and of course everybody puts their hands up
1: yeah because he's like out I'm of fear of yeah, yeah
0: out of fear <laughs> uh but i did like he did. as he was exiting he tells the one kid you can put your hand down now
1: <laughs> yeah my favorite part is when he's trying to call julia and luca and alberta alberto names Mm -hmm. and julio's like yeah well you're uh and luca leans over like as innocent as can be he goes a catfish so she's like yeah a catfish and everyone like looks at him confused and and luca is like all sweet and innocent he's like um it's a bottom feeder with two sad little whiskers
0: And, and of course, everyone's Erica, like, oh, he's got this like two little
1: whisker mustache going on. It's so fun. that's my favorite part of the whole movie. I think it's so funny. Well, actually, there's one more part too. And that's okay. when, so eventually, Luca's parents they they swim to the people land as well, or the human land, because they're trying to find Luca. Because at this point, he's been gone for days. Mm -hmm. So they are trying to, you know, and and they know that he ran away because he didn't want to go to the deep. So they're trying to find him to sort of apologize, but also like scold him. So as part of going around town and looking for Luca, because they see all these human children, uh, they decide to start in some way getting these children wet. So that can range from, kicking them with a soccer ball and pushing them into a fountain, dropping (laughs) water balloons on them, straight up pushing them into the water. And that's what happens the first time around is Lorenzo's like, you know what? I'm the dad. I got this. I'm going to go and get our son. And they see this little boy eating um, a gelato cone, uh, like with his legs over the water (laughs) and he starts scolding him, young man, blah, 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 blah this will teach you and he like pushes him into the water and like the kid loses his gelato starts crying (laughs) and Daniela goes run run before its mother gets here
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the shenanigans that they get up to uh trying to find luca in this sea of children you know, really, it's not until she does the whole dolphin call, like she had done earlier in the film, when she mm-hmm. was, you know, trying to, you know, talk about the, uh, what was the character's name again? That was. Bian-
1: the- um, uh, it was Bianca Branzino.
0: That's right. And Luca hears it and realizes, oh, my mother's here, I think, because she's in human form, and so is Dad. And uh, so he, you know, just kind of shuts the gate to Julia's uh, residence there and kind of just panics internally, like, "Uh oh, my parents are here. They're trying to find me. They're going to send me to the deep. We have to do something about this quickly. And then, of course, that it gets to a point where they have to start practicing. They have to practice. Luca learns how to ride the bike and he kept falling. And she's like, you have to look straight. You're looking down. This is why you're falling. And it helped until he, of course, he's riding across boards right near the fountain. And he's fearful that he's going to get splashed and discovered. But then it came to uh, the pasta and Alberto is supposed to be the one to to eat the pasta. And she's bringing out like five, six, seven different dishes of pastas. And they're like, you have to be prepared for anything. I'm like okay, but did you yep. have to make that much pasta, uh,
1: including lasagna?
0: Oh, can't I can't
1: imagine it. eating lasagna a bowlful
0: like that. Bite. No, I, I feel like uh, that's a bit much. But um, and then of course uh, Julia had to make sure that she swims, and so Alberto and Luca are in the boat while she's swimming, and the boat's rocking. And then, of course, Ercole has to come up and start some trouble, as, uh, you know, a kid bully would do. And Alberto takes a uh, nosedive into the water, and there's these subtle moments where Ercole clearly sees something out of the ordinary, like Alberto into the water, and he thinks he sees a sea monster, you know, tail. (laughs) Yeah. But Julia somehow gets involved to uh prevent him from discovering not that she knows at this point. She's just assuming that Hercules is just being a jerk. hmm Because his reign of terror is coming to an end soon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. What else you got with this?
1: Um, well, I mean, from there they do they ultimately end up doing the race, but in practicing at one point because um julia and luca they get really close and you can see how alberto is starting to get kind of jealous of that because he feels like he's losing not only his friend but his only friend because you find out but not romantically
0: close they were very careful to never cross the line on that yes because we don't want people to think that this is like you know shape of water again we got a human falling in love with a sea creature. That's not mm-hmm. the case. He's more yes, he in love with all he of her know. knowledge of reality,
1: mm-hmm. and just the life that he could have if he stayed human.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: But you can see that Alberto is starting to feel really, you know, sad by that because, like I said, he's not only just losing his friend; he's losing his only friend because you find out later that he hasn't seen his dad for. Who truly knows how long? Um, so yeah, I think his, his words day. were
0: actually he stopped counting the days, but all you see are these hash marks on the walls that just go on for days.
1: Hmm. Um, so they get to a point where um, Alberto's trying to, I don't know, I guess, win back Luca as a friend, and as a result, he just creates a little bit too much chaos, um, sending them both into the water while Ercole is trying to hunt sea monsters, because right now there's this huge um, reward for catching a sea monster. Mm-hmm. And Julia comes down to try and find them. And in the meantime, Alberto and Luca have been having a fight because Luca wants to go to school. He wants to try and be human. And Alberto explains to him that he can't do it, that there's no way because um You know, people don't really know who he is. And that's why they're so nice to him. But the second that they knew that he's a sea monster, it would be different. So Alberto jumps into the water in front of Julia to be like, this is who I really am. But what's odd to me Mm -hmm. is when he's getting out of the water, it's like he's putting in an effort to look terrifying.
0: Right. Yeah. And and then he's shocked. Mm -hmm
1: when she really does react that way and of course Luca he's scared and he doesn't want to lose this other friendship that he's got right now so while Alberto's trying to be like look at Luca I told you like this is how it was gonna be he points at Alberto and starts screaming sea monster right so now everyone's coming to try and get him so he just totally turned on his best friend um only for which was a jerky you know, move oh yeah and he Um, felt bad
0: about it almost immediately after he did it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and moments later julia realizes that luca is also a sea monster because he's like he can't calm down he's so emotional and uh, almost like a word vomit of everything and she throws water at him and then it's revealed that he is a sea monster so she's like you know what like You came up here and risked your life because you want a Vespa? Like, that makes no sense. Like, you need to go.
0: Right. Like, you know what? My father kills sea monsters. Why would you come here?
1: Right. And but what I really appreciated and thought was so sweet in that moment was when they first got back to the house,
0: Mm -hmm. Julia's
1: father turns around and he's so excited to be cooking more pasta because he's really, like, bonded with the boys, too. Like, they've become this essentially a family of of four luca and julia are um you know a little bit closer and alberto and julia's father are becoming a little bit closer because he's relying on alberto to do all the manly things around the home that he can't rely on julia to do i guess i shouldn't say manly but you know the (laughs) the strength things the things that he knows he can't rely on her for at least at this point in time in her life not to say that she can't do it later Um, Just at this point, he'd prefer to have the guys do it. Anyway, um, he turns around and he says, you know, where's Alberto? And they're like, oh, he left. He had to go. And he's like, well, I'm going to go and find him. And they're like, well, I don't think he wants to be found. And her father's response is, even so, I'm still going to go and find him just in case. Which I thought was so sweet because it really showed um the the relationship that had been formed again between the four of them, um but once Luca leaves, he goes back to the island to find Alberto and apologize his heart out, and that's when he realizes that Alberto's been alone for so long, and he's like i'm gonna go back i'm gonna win the race you You wait and see we're gonna get this Vespa, and then you and I are gonna travel the world on this Vespa just like we always said we would um and you know, the, the race ensues, all of the things that you could think of that could possibly happen or go wrong, essentially do. It starts raining um, and Alberto shows up with this giant umbrella. So Ercole, he's so busy trying to cheat and be mean to Julia, he's riding his bike slow and Luca just skyrockets past him. So Luca's in first place at that point, followed by Ercole and then Julia
0: he actually yeah. accused him of cheating too, which was yeah, hilarious. and then he
1: accuses him of cheating. Uh, and then it starts to rain, so Luca gets stabbed underneath this um uh pergola of sorts. And I guess I can't say pergola because a pergola uh is not covered, so an an awning, there you go, right? Right, and this giant umbrella starts coming up the hill with Alberto underneath it going, Hang on, Luca, I'm coming, hang on, I'm coming. And Eric sees this as an opportunity to just run him over and not get Luca any help. Not that he knows why Luca isn't going to go in the rain, but regardless, he knows Luca's not going to go in the rain. So he wants to keep it that way. Knocks Alberto over and then it gets revealed that he's a sea monster to everyone in town and people are gasping and trying to catch him. And so Luca takes off reveals that to everyone that he himself is also a sea monster grabs Alberto's hand and then they start flying down the path towards the finish because right beyond the finish line is the water so they're trying Mm -hmm. to get to the water um the goof here is that as he is getting back on the bike and passing air collet there's all of these other kids everywhere those kids they're getting outlapped then if those kids are in front of them, because no one has passed them at this point. And it's because it's Luca, um, Ercole, and then Julia. So when Ercole passes Luca, Luca's now in second place. But then there's all of these kids. So, But, you know, it made it more dramatic and people getting in your way and kicking them out of place. But they goofed. That was a goof.
0: Oh, yeah. No, when it came to continuity, that was the first thing I said was, how did these kids pass them? <laughs> There's no way. And they're not just out for a joy ride in the rain. Yeah. So, yes. I don't know how they miss that when it came to continuity. But anyways.
1: Yeah. So and in the end, spoiler, they win um, in the town through the lovingness of Julia's dad, who is like, you know, the best sea monster catcher right. out there they're not Uh,
0: scary they're the winners I recognize them as Alberto and Luca
1: yep and so they win and then it's revealed that there are quite a few people throughout the town that are sea monsters that have been coming up to the land to live amongst the humans and that people just never knew about so um, ultimately everything's like nice and cohesive they win they get their prize money they get the little beat up older than dirt Vespa and they're so in love with it and uh julia's dad has this dinner party for everyone so you see the older ladies who are also sea monsters are there um the parents of luca are there and then his grandma comes in who we haven't really touched base on a lot but she makes a lot of comments throughout the movie when we see her that suggests she's not afraid to surface.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And, oh, I come here, and, I
0: beat a guy at cards like last weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and the parents are not thrilled with that because they don't want Luca to get any ideas. And then they find out when she sits down to have the past of them, she's like, I, I'm, up, I'm up here almost every weekend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, you see that defining moment when Alberto and... Luca and Julia are riding in triumphantly on that used Vespa and that that Vespa who's barely holding it together and <laughs> I, I'm it said 9,000 of whatever the denomination was now keep in mind I have researched this film is supposed to be taking place in the 1950s oh so I it's that. yeah so it's not Euro It's whatever their currency was at the time, but 9,000 of it in the 1950s for a beat up, rusty, barely holding it together Vespa. But they just are so proud of being able to win it. And they come back and of course they go in and Julia realizes she has to pack for school because she's got to leave. And so he comes inside to help her pack and at that moment you see alberto looking at the vespa and trying to decide what he's going to do next and then it, it's
1: a lira by the way
0: lira thank you so mm-hmm. then it, it cuts to the next day and they're at the train station seeing julia off and at first i was kind of it's like okay julia's got a thing for alberto maybe because they're talking and she gets on the train and you know luca's like oh i can't wait to hear all about it and she's like absolutely she gets on there and then she turns around and looks at alberto and gives him a wink and i'm like oh julia's got a little eye for alberto but no that wasn't the no, case she's in on
1: a secret
0: she is in on a secret and then that's when alberto hands a ticket over to his friend luca and says here you go what's this for well i sold the vespa so this way you can take the train and go to school and his parents show up magically with a suitcase full of stuff thanks to you know, the, the help of others. And they're like, as long as you promise to write every day, we'll let you go to school. And then it's been worked out with Julia and her mom thanks to Alberto and a lot of convincing that uh, Luca can stay with them during the school season. And so he gets his case and he's like, come on, Alberto, let's go. And he goes, no, I'm not really going to go per se. Julia's dad kind of needs me because, you know, I'm a really good fisherman and stuff. And uh, he's decided that he's going to stay behind, but of course can't wait to see them when they come back. Mm -hmm. And then there's that touching moment where you have Luca standing on the the train kind of platform as it's taking away or on the train itself. And Alberto is kind of running after him in a, in a somewhat touching moment to say, Oh, you know, go, go learn, be smart. Can't wait to see again. And the rain hits him and he turns full sea monster while he's cheering his buddy on as does Mm -hmm. Luca as the train continues on before it hits the tunnel. It's a, it's a very poignant moment
1: yes and then from there I I don't know maybe maybe after Marvel I've become more of a credit watcher but I stayed for, yes. the credits for this one. <laughs> yeah. and you can kind of see the progression of everyone's life after the train tracks and that's you know Julia and Luca in school them calling home to talk to his parents and calling home to talk to her dad and Alberto and how um, Julia's dad and Alberto and Luca's family still get together and do all these things so it was was, was cute And of
0: course uh, Uncle Ugo at the end in the deep talking (laughs) to uh, was he with Giuseppe I think it was he was talking to Giuseppe he's in the deep and he's just like oh there's all kinds of uh, whale carcass here and he opens his mouth and catches a piece he's he's like oh it's so good and then you just see Giuseppe kind of scooting away out of the screen
1: <laughs> with his eyes.
0: <laughs> so on a scale of one to 10 Vespas, how many Vespas you give in this film?
1: I'm going to give this a nine. Um, it it was clever. It was really cute. It's an original idea, mm-hmm. um, which is something that we talked about, too. when we talked about Ryan, the last dragon is that, you know, There have been times in the past where um, Disney's been notorious for reusing animation, and that's not the case with this. Um, The concept of it, the storyline, with the exception of the beginning, kind of feeling like Little Mermaid, um, very original. I love that it took us to another place. Um, I know that the theme of a lot of the movies lately have been um, like actually taking you to the country of origin, where sometimes like Beauty and the Beast, for example, that's supposed to be in France, but you don't necessarily have to feel that way when you're watching. It doesn't always feel that way. We're like with Luca, you know you're in Italy the entire time. I also just will always love and be a fan of the fact that I'm gonna be a Disney fan until the day that I die because they always are creating something, not only for the kids, but for the adults. Sometimes I feel like they're creating it more for the adults than they are the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I enjoy that because I can always go back and watch it. Everything about Disney just becomes timeless. And for those who do have families and want to share something with their kids, this makes it possible.
0: Okay, so you gave it a nine.
1: Also, I really like Giuseppe. He was my favorite.
0: (laughs) Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to say that I have two separate ratings for this film. If, if I were to rate it based on the theme, I would also give it a nine. And the theme for me being diversity and inclusion. If you think about the film and how it played out, it's about acceptance of others, regardless of what your perceptions are or prejudices and such. I give it a mm-hmm. nine. In the, do I th- think it's the best kids film for Pixar? I'm giving it more of a five and a half, and it's because of. I feel like the animation took a downgrade. Now, and that's not to say it wasn't rendered well. It, the pixelization was fine, but there's something I come to expect from a. A Pixar film specifically. And Good Dinosaur to this day is still ranked for me the worst of the Pixar films. And it's not because it wasn't cute and it didn't have a good theme. I just couldn't get past the cartoony dinosaurs. When you watch a film like Monsters Inc., or you watch a film like The Incredibles, or the or cars, or any Toy Story after Toy Story 1. The textures and skin features are incredibly lifelike. But for this particular film, it felt like a step backwards. I ranked onward, probably middle of the pack, um, because I enjoyed the the theming of the film i grew up as a dungeons and dragons kind of geek and um the whole concept of you know the storyline the way it played out i thought it was very interesting as well but it still had the better textures of characters where this film was cute it just every time my kid watches it i still kind of go uh. Why does the mouth look so cartoony?
1: <laughs> well, I think though too that it's important. I hear what you're saying 100 as a um, as someone who admires Disney and Pixar and how far they've come and how real things have gotten to look. But when I think about being a kid and wanting to watch this, you know, for me, like the animation is there because I don't right. think kids are necessarily thinking about that. Um, but I, I i agree it's definitely um not where again using ryan the last dragon and the animation the detail and like how we talked about the fur and you can see it moving on right. um on C- sisu sisu, oh sisu. My sisu. God. It's only been a week <laughs> um and and you're right you don't get that in this movie not even close to that if anything, maybe Julia's hair in her hat.
0: Mm-hmm. That's about it. Sure.
1: Um, but they,
0: the transition from human to sea monster was a cool effect that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will, I will give them that. Absolutely. I nice. think the other thing too, is even though my kid enjoys this film and he's, you know, two and a half, I, I think I struggle a little bit with how dark it can be at times with the bully and, um, the inner fighting, you know, you got Luca telling Alberto to shut up at some point and I'm already struggling going, please don't let this be the words that you decide that you're going to latch on to as a toddler speaking full time. (laughs) I don't yeah. need you to walk around going, shut up, shut up, or idioty <laughs> So that part I kind of struggle with. Um, it's not the worst of the Pixar films. I still give that to Good Dinosaur. It's not in my top half, I would say, of their overall slate. It's, it's floating near the middle, but just a hair under for me, for me. Doesn't mean it's not cute. Did you catch some of the Easter eggs that were in that film?
1: No, that was one of the things I was gonna say. Is like I, I didn't think about it so much the first time around, but the second time around, I was like looking for them, and I did not find any. So, what did you see?
0: Okay, so two that stand out right away. Um, both are posters in the town. Okay, one is near the fountain. So when Luca gets a good look at the fountain and the guy who's holding a you know, sea monster
1: dead. In,
0: in the background, there is a picture. If you freeze frame it, it's a poster of the Nautilus 20,000 leagues under the sea. Huh. There's another poster, and that's near, I think it's near the fountain when they're training on how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of a man and a woman on a Vespa, and it says, Peck Hepburn. I think it's Roman Holiday. It was written mostly in Italian, but Mm -hmm. very cool nod, Mm -hmm. nonetheless, to Gregory Mm -hmm. Peck and Audrey Hepburn.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Those are the two that I saw.
1: And you describing it that way, that's got to be what it is.
0: When you go back and watch it again, you get two solid shots of probably four or five seconds apiece with Julia talking and that poster is clear as day right behind her on the wall okay and each time I'm like what does that say <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still kind of a cool nod because it's around the, that right time right if it is Roman holiday it's about that 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 time
1: yeah you said it takes place in the 1950s that's really cool no I did not notice that at all
0: yeah it is in in Italian though
1: Makes sense.
0: As it should be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, really, it was the continuity error of the race that we talked about was <laughs> the only other thing that I saw that was bad. Uh, or off. It just threw it off. Because I'm like, wait, what? How'd they pass him? Right. When Ercole has the entire lane blocked off, netting Alberto. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, anything so you want to add to this one? I'm sorry.
1: What, what's your overall, then, your overall one out of 10 Vespas.
0: Um, if I had to combine my two thoughts, I would say it probably floats somewhere near a six and a half, maybe a seven. Okay. Yeah. But uh, anything you want to add to this before we wrap up this?
1: No, but I'm going to have to go back and watch it and try to find those Easter eggs.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And um, we didn't even introduce ourselves. How funny is that? We just went yeah, right you into knew, this. Like, whole-
1: I didn't even know you hit record. And then you asked me what I was eating. I was like, uh, what? I had to look at the screen and be like, that says recording.
0: Oh, well, that's because I was hoping I could catch you, like, doing something weird. And I'd be like, hey, check out these bloopers. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe podcast. I am Eric Root.
1: And I am Brie Prout.
0: And as always, Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind podcast network. You can find us on the web at bkrpn.com.